It's 7 o'clock, it's Thursday the 4th of November and this is Freaky Trigger and the Lollards of Pop. Um, it is Resonance 104.4 FM in London, Resonance.fm on the web and you're listening to us live. Which means, of course, anything can happen. Um, joining me in the studio tonight, I have Hazel Robinson. Hello. Uh, Anna Fielding. Hiya. And Katie Grocott. Hi there. And... Um, we're going to be talking about youth, um, specifically the UN definition of youth being people between the ages of 15 and 25. So um, because um, we're going to be talking about them, I just want to check if anyone in this room fits that definition, bearing in mind that it's rude to ask a lady her age. Technically, my rail card's expired. But? I could renew it. <laughs> <laughs> Anna? Uh, sadly, no, I've passed 13. And Katie? Very funny, Pete. Oh, OK. <laughs> well, what are your qualifications tonight to be talking about youth? Hazel, clearly you are one, so that is your qualification. Uh, well, indeed, and, and in fact, at the moment, I am part of the uh, youth unemployment problem hanging around in bus stops. Good. I will, I will come back later to see what, what exactly is so interesting about bus stops for you youth. Uh, Anna, your, uh, your expertise in this field. Um, yes, in my day job, when I'm not guesting on resonance, um, I work for a youth charity called YouthNet. Um, that's, I'm guessing the net bit is some kind of online aspect rather than some sort of way of catching them. Uh, yeah, no, it's a, we actually go around with big tuna poles trying to no, round people up at bus stops. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, no, no, that's not true at all, obviously. Um, pain of my life. <laughs> It's hard, Hazel, I know. It's have lured you in here. Um, no, what we do is we provide uh, online information for people in that age group via a variety of websites. Great. And Katie? Uh, well, apart from the fact that I used to be a youth... Which qualifies us all. Well, yeah, yes. Um, I currently work at uh, Anne at University. Um, probably best not to say which one. But I do have uh, frequent contact with the, the young students of today. Um you know, they're around me all the time. What are can they, I say? Uh, are they sitting on the stairs? They're always sitting on the blinking stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we'll come to that. I, too, work in a university um, and uh, run a student union. So um, under the UN definition of youth, the 18 to 25 bit, certainly, I, I come into contact all the time. Now, I'm actually really quite interested in the bit before that, the kind of 15 or stroke 16 to 18, because I think they're the ones who often are demonised more in society than anyone else, but I don't know. I mean, Hazel, as someone who's about to not be a youth anymore... I think my end of youth is pretty much often not classified as youth. Mm. Um, if you don't get ID'd for looking under 25, you're probably not really, per se, and youth. Well, in unless you're in Marks and Spencer, who ID everyone. I, I got, got ID'd. ID'd for teaspoons a while ago. That was pretty extreme. That's Why did you get ID'd for teaspoons? Oh, because, because of the youth stabbing youth problem, right. um, all cutlery in Sainsbury's has to have an ID uh, to be sold to you. <laughs> and brilliant. I attempted to buy some teaspoons this is a kind whilst of... I was working in youth probation. Excellent. Um, uh, in order to go and make myself a cup of tea in order to face, face some uh, youth and um, 
I was stopped and had to provide proof that I was old enough to buy some teaspoons, uh, a heavily restricted item in most countries. Well, you can certainly you could certainly spoon someone's eyes out. That's true. That's um, true. You could wrap them on the forehead with a spoon. I don't think enough is being done to address well, right, this I, issue. I think whoever you know made that policy had clearly watched Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, too many times. <laughs> yes, I was going to say there that. is a nasty piece of. I was about to say spooning, but of course that's, <laughs> that's something else completely. Um, threatening. Uh, there's a nasty bit of threatening. I mean, when was the last, when was the last time? So, Mark Spencer was the last time you or I did. Yes. Anna? Uh, quite recently, actually. Because you are quite youthful looking, and you're quite, you're shortish, like, like I am. I'm just and, short, Pete, there's no getting around yeah, it. you are short, and as, as am I. Um, but I've not been ID'd. I felt really bad last time I went to the States, because, you know, last bastion of, of IDing everyone, you know you suddenly look old when they stop IDing you in the States. Uh, yes, no, I was actually ID'd in uh, the Peak District in Derbyshire. Um, I'd been camping with some friends and I got very ratty about it because I just wanted the wine. I was also mm. buying asparagus and organic chicken breasts, which is not the most feral use kind of shopping. <laughs> um, middle class youth today, though, I'm sure that's what they would use to get around these things. Like, youth yeah. are now aware of fair trade issues. Yes, indeed. Um, and hey, we've got, we've got a food co-op at our university. Mm. I ended up uh, turning round to the cashier as my friend Dan walked past with his child in a pushchair and going, my friend has a child. Do you really think I'm... Uh, oh, no, we're, yeah, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were about to say... I could have done that have a child. 16. <laughs> yeah, have a child, ten-year-old. You know, it's, it's in the news and the Daily Mail are going to town on it. So Possibly my friend But she has, has a... no birth certificate. Ah, uh, so she's like... Nobody the... has really raised this. There aren't really birth certificates in Romania? for a lot of the population. Well, not for ones who were born probably 10 to 15 years ago, I guess. I can see that now. I issues. don't... Yeah. Um, well, certainly, well, actually, it'd be longer than that, wouldn't it, now? Well, 20 years it, ago it's now, sort of semi-optional picking birth certificates, so... Or at least it was sure. until relatively recently. Yeah, well, I mean, possible. Mm. I mean, is it like the, the oldest people in the world who are, like, the 140-year-olds in Japan who... They're just 100, they just rounded them up about 20 years ago and just, oh, you're 120, whatever. It's like that, I'm yeah, guessing. just but people who are like, wow, really, really old. Yeah, mm. no, it's, it's, I mean, the, the, that is the thing, you know, you, say, you, you look at the, the legal age, I mean, the, one, of, one of the other definitions of youth, which the government uses for quite a lot of bits here, would be the age of majority, i.e. when you have the right to do everything an adult can do, lots of areas, lots of services will stop thinking, you, thinking of you as a youth. Um... Whereas I'm sure the police have all sorts of categories for different different groups of people, um, and yeah, that's certainly a definition that's used all over the world as well in different areas. But as I go back to the beginning, the UN's definition, um, and I think this is a, a political organisation view as well because they obviously want to engage what they see as the youth in politics is 15 and 25, and I think the the groups that also use that as well as the young person's rail card would be political organisations. So what was conservative youth and now is conservative future. Um, the Labour Party's youth wing. Um, <clears throat> most unions that I know have, if you're a youth officer, they're looking at under 25, so... Yeah. It's the definition we use in my workplace as well. I think there's a real problem with people reaching 18 and then just falling off the service yeah. map. Um, and it's, you know, it's not that you don't need tools anymore, um, it's just that fewer people are willing to provide them, which is sad for the older youth. Yes. That's not too oxymoronic to say No, that. no, well, I, I, th I think it's not. I think, you know, as, as, as you may, you are co probably co discovering at the moment, Hazel, being unemployed, um, that there are, there are things that aren't really aimed at you, or it's sort of, you're, you're in this sort of limbo sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, a separate case because, obviously, I'm part of 
the current graduate unemployment problem, so various youth outreach and inverted commas stuff is, isn't applicable to me yeah. because I, I couldn't gain any more <laughs> qualifications. Um, or, well, I could get a PhD, but I'm not sure if it would help. Uh, Comparatively, when I sometimes all they care about. Yes, that that is true. Um, When I was working at probation, the um, the situation when you turned eighteen changed dramatically. The number of services available to you and the way that you were treated uh, changed radically. Um, Before you were eighteen, if you were leading a what's called in social services terms a chaotic lifestyle that would be attributed to people around you mm. and those who were housing you, etc. pretty much, I, I think it's like six months after you turn 18 or something, um, that is you. Yeah. And anything you do is, the culpability is removed solely to you. Uh, there's a lot that goes on between sort of 10 and 16 and, and layers like that, but... Certainly 18 is a, a big boundary, mostly it's because bit, yeah. it's the point where the government says, like, do what you want. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there, there's, there certainly is, a, uh, certainly is a, a difference when you're in, if you're in social services or in care, that, you know, certainly at that point you're now out in the system and they know there's been a big issue with offenders and offending in that situation. Um, oh, I didn't, enough, I didn't mean generally like no, no, social but, services. But, but that, the, yeah. there is definitely that, that, that's a definite issue, that mm. particularly uh, people who have been looked after. Um, which I believe is what they call people in care these days. Um, yes, it is. <laughs> um, you know, that, that suddenly everything just gets just gets wrenched away from you. So, um, Although similarly, there's uh, issues like, for instance, if, um, and something that's becoming a bigger and bigger thing, uh, anorexic teenagers or, or teenagers who with self-harm mm. uh, disorders similar to that can no longer, as soon as they turn 18, their parents can no longer force them into treatment or care. Yeah. So... Yeah, no, no, it's, 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 it's a funny, it's a funny landmark. Well, it's, 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 the, it's, the, it's the age of majority. It's when you can vote. It's when you can do everything else. But though, of course, there's certain things you can do even before then, like join the army and and other things like that. Though that may be changing, I understand, because certainly the current government have said that they want everyone to stay in school until 18, I believe. They have, mm. yes. That's uh, quite a big thing for them. Yeah. Um, I guess, though, it's like Hazel doing a PhD. It's probably keeping people out of the system. That wouldn't surprise mm. me one bit. They've been doing that for a while, though. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think that now they're actually saying that. I mean, the, the removal of the EMA and bringing in just, you're going to have to stay anyway, so why should we pay you? Is uh, yeah, going to be quite interesting. But anyway, a- away from depressing topics, yes, <laughs> which I'm certain we will revisit later. Um, I want show to tonight. Yeah, no, well, you know, long as our, our church is broad and our misery is fills it sometimes. Um, and talking of talking of misery, um, because uh, youth can be miserable. Um, I will take you back to your youth, Anna, um, and something that probably didn't make you miserable and something you quite liked. Yeah. <laughs>
that's uh, Venus is a Boy by Bjork uh, from her debut album, Night Night Fools. Um, debut? Debut, yes, indeed. That's why I said debut album. It was uh, you know, just, yes. Um, so why, why did you choose that? I chose this because um, it came out when I was about 13, 14, and um, it's the very first song that I heard that I was completely blindsided by. Mm-hmm. Um we know how, as a teenager, you have that real passion and you fall in love with things, whether that's the boy in your English class or um, a song, and you have that real driving force. And I, it was actually in the least rock and roll place ever, with my grandmother's bathroom, and Gary Davis, of all people, played... Was it in your grandmother's bathroom? Thank God, Sorry. no. Um, I think we probably <laughs> libelled Gary Davis there. <laughs> you, saw, you, saw, you certainly would have said, ooh, then. Sure, uh... <laughs> um, and it was on the radio, and it knocked me sideways and music has been such a huge mm. part of my life since then. I even made a career out of writing about it for a bit. Um, it's a real pivotal one for me. It was the first thing that started me off on my teenage music crushes. Do you have a, uh, a similar experience, Katie? Um, yes. Well, I'm, I've always kind of been into music. Mm-hmm. And that's a terrible, trite thing to say. I mean, the first song I ever really, really loved, I remember hearing it in the back of the car. Um, I was about four, um, and it was actually, um, I think it was Phil Collins or Genesis covering You Can't Hurry Love, which now is very embarrassing. Um, But it sticks with you. It really sticks with you. And then I remember a a few years later hearing uh, Love and Pride by King, which is a great song that I still actually love, Um, and being bought the uh, cassette or uh, Christmas or my birthday of the album. Um, but as an actual, you know, as a teen... Um, were you, I mean, were you already so in, in, into music at that point that nothing could be that sh- much stronger? Oh, no, no, definitely not. Or was there, was, I mean, was there a band or was there a... Really, um, my... Uh, I guess it was R.E.M. Okay. Um, not, it was, uh, I guess... 93 automatic for the people came out so i was, was about 16 so right in the hormonal phase um instantly decided the only good music was music with guitars but did go back you know by their entire by that time extensive back catalogue um so the kazoo album for instance oh you don't mind yeah god yes um no really loved them um you know got Saw them live, got very excited. Didn't I ever see them live, actually. Them live? I was going to see them live, and then the drummer had a brain hemorrhage. Mm. So, um, yes. survived it. Uh, well, he did survive it, which is good. And then he left, and they've never been as good since. Mm. So, uh, yes, but, I mean, obviously, um, you know, I was into grunge when it happened, loved Nirvana, um, and kind of went from there, really. My current taste in music are very, very different. I don't listen to REM much anymore, but at the time, they if, were a proper... If it comes up, do you suddenly feel that rush again? Do you have a memory? A little it, bit sometimes, but really the, the earlier stuff, the kind of 1985, 86 stuff, which was when I was tiny and had never heard of them, that was the stuff I kind of got to love the most. Um, when you when you hear Venus as a Boy now, does it still... I do still love it, yeah. yeah. Um, it's very much that sort of... The stuff that was off to the side of Britpop, I suppose, mm, I mm. think, Portishead, Synthetian, um, 
Stereolab. Tricky. Tricky, yeah. Mm. That was very much the sort of soundtrack to my teenage years. That and the slightly embarrassing fact I was also a teenage Mannix fan with all that entails. Can't help it. I mean, you know, you're there, you're there with the music you get. Hazel, what was it for you? Was there something for you? Um, yes. Well, there were a lot of things. Um, and my, both my parents listened to really quite gigantic ranges of music and I don't think I ever really appreciated it until I was quite a lot older mm. um that they both listened to wildly diverse music for instance i i encountered faith no more because my mother listened to them mm. um and i thought black sabbath were a sad band your mum listens to not and and was quite confused by the fact they were considered this extreme metal band when i, I reached college and and boys were growing their hair yeah um but i did certainly have a a crush moment with The Offspring. They were like my big boy band band, mm. my band that I drew hearts around on my notepads and, and sort of... And I, I I always feel a bit pretentious about that because it sounds like I'm going, like, oh, yeah, I was into rock before I was into pop. But actually, I wasn't really allowed to listen to pop music. I wasn't allowed to listen to things like The Spice Girls because my mum thought they were offensive. Well, this is the, I mean, but, this, this, um, is, this comes to an issue that I want to kind of touch on later so i might bring it in now which is yeah. a, about this whole idea of you know you not growing up and people you know this this arrested youth that keeps going on and on and on and having parents who you know think xyz is cool so they they are imprinting on their own children their own opinions but for me my parents were still kids of the 60s and so on so their their views were still relatively conventional but since then of course there's gonna be whole generations of people who yeah will have real issues against boy bands will have real issues against package mom, music and stuff like that my mum and and god bless her she'll probably listen to this show <laughs> soon um i'm I, not saying she's wrong i know she's out tonight <laughs> but uh, i asked her for a kylie minogue album a few years ago when i was um i, I must have been 20 or 21 it was, it was my next came out and uh i said you know can i have a kylie album for christmas mum thinking surely nothing could be more mum friendly having some kind of momentary uh aneurysm your mom, forgetting yeah. who my mother was and uh she said she wasn't buying anything by somebody who showed her bottom off in in that sort of hot pants <laughs> uh except i think she may have used stronger language <laughs> and um uh i think i got a clash album instead or an iron maiden album but um ov obviously that is something that and something that's going to get more of mm. um i mean we, we have we have friends with children who are music journalists we've got friends with children who go to work in t-shirts every day you know play computer games all that kind of stuff i mean it doesn't you don't suddenly stop doing those things these days. No, in fact, um, looking at my tweet stream the other day, I did see something from a friend that just said, I'm breastfeeding whilst playing Red Dead Redemption. It rules. And are they sitting there thinking that, OK, when I'm five, that's when I have to stop playing video games? No, they're not, they're not thinking that, and they're not going to do that. And, you know, it's... it's I mean, cool parents, Katie? Uh, were they... What music did they like? My parents... Um, listened to a lot of well my stepfather listened to a lot of neil young and bob dylan and to this day both their voices sound like nails down a blackboard can't bear i mean we'll we'll not you know i won't deny the fact that they're both great songwriters they've done some brilliant songs i just hate their voices and every single five 
blimmin' seconds. Oh, here's a harmonica solo. <laughs> really, really annoys me. But I'm not sure breathing in and out of a harmonica counts as a mm. solo. That's my opinion. But my mm. mum was uh, really into um, Rolling Stones, Talking Heads, Blondie, um, and I still love all of that kind of music. So I guess... You know, I guess it's what I was forced to sit down and listen to on a Sunday mm. afternoon, you know, when they'd been up the pub. Yeah. Something you're forced to listen to in the car is a real, like, you can get yes. a very strong reaction there to There was a certain holiday in France where um, I actually timed how many miles we did uh, during a Neil Young guitar solo, and I think it was upwards of 50. Because <laughs> I, I have really really strong feelings against i can't remember who it is my dad listens to oh my god i was about to say it <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll come to you anyway it'll come back to me but yeah the beach boys is the one that um always reminds me of my mum doing the ironing mm. um which is, i really like the beach boys but i can't actually listen to pet sounds without smelling spray starch mm. coming through my nose so it's it's quite a weird association and not something i really thought brian wilson would be going for yeah i, I get i get mr sheen with is, is the sense memory mr sheen is um glenn campbell uh, Glen Campbell's 20 Golden Greats. My mum had two albums when I was very little. It was Abba's Great Sits Volume 2, which came out in 1979, so hadn't quite got to the, got to the Great Sits bit anyway. But, um, but yeah, Glen Campbell... And when, when Glen Campbell became cool again, like, ten years ago, it was like, hey, I know all this stuff, great. I'm something... I've, I'm, I've got a thing. But secondly, oh, my God, everyone's cleaning their houses with, houses with Mr Sheen because that's what... It just... Sense memory sense is there. Sense memory is very strong, yeah. Yeah, when you're young. I mean, it, 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 to bring it back to now, I mean, are you still... I mean, you're still a youth, Hazel. Do you still feel in touch with the music of the youth? No, and I feel really weird about this because, um, like Anna, I used to be a music writer, um, and up until... Well, I mean, last year, when I was on Freaky Trigger, it was as a music writer. Mm. Um, that's freakytrigger.co.uk, the parent site. No, no, that, when I was on Lollards. Oh, yeah, on Lollards, yeah, but yeah. Um, yes, indeed, but yeah. The, um, the website plug is in the, the site, Hazel. Sorry. <laughs> doing the plugging bit. Let him do his advertising. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, but I, uh, obviously I'm not anymore, and I haven't really, I, I have realised to my horror, I've become from a 40 albums a month person, a, a two albums a year person. Mm. Um, and these days I hear songs in shops and I'm like, gosh, this is some exciting new young person's music, really. <laughs> so, Anna? I sort of willfully gave up on, mm. um, because I've been um, working in that field. Um, so I, I'm reasonably au fait with things because I still have an interest with yeah. that. Um, I'm probably far too old, but I still go to nightclubs. Um, so, yeah, I'm quite happy to stand outside bars in Dalston and talk about Witch House with people. That's good to me. Uh, Katie? Um, well, I was always indie, so I never cared what the uh, masses were listening to anyway. But um, Indie is mainstream, darling. Uh, well, it is now, of course. I mean, well, I used to be in a band, and mm. I recently was having a clear out, and I went through all these boxes of seven inches by people. I've forgotten who they are. I mean... Give us some names. Uh, ooh, three Colours Red. Do you want something like that? No, uh, Three Colours Red. Uh, there was quite a lot of saloon, ooh, quite okay. a lot of um, the chemistry experiment. Not that I have thrown their records away because they're different. <laughs> um, you know, just just random kind mm. of stuff. And recently I've kind of realised that not all young moderns, you know, modern persons, young music is, is rubbish. But there's just... At my age, at my age, there's just so much of it. I can't keep up with it. And especially with all this downloading malarkey, 
I just can't keep up with it. I don't listen to the chart show. I always used to listen to the chart show as a kid. I would tape stuff off off the radio. Um, you killed music. Sorry about that. It's all right. Oh, you home taper. You. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. My younger brother mm. has never taped anything off the radio, to my knowledge, which is a watershed. That's interesting. For 90s kids. Well, that's interesting. Well, anyway, Casey, I'm going to try and help you out now. Hazel, you've brought in a young person's music record. I, I have. I've, I've brought in a well, young you person's the drum and bass record. <laughs> Should no, I be it's two years ago. To be honest, it's off their old album. Yeah, it's too um, old album. This is Chasing Status. Yes, uh, uh, with a, a song, I believe reflects a refrain that many young people will have expressed at some point while slamming their bedroom door in the first verse. Oh, Mum! When I used to feel something, I remember when I used to feel something. I remember when I used to feel something, I remember when I used to feel something. I remember when I used to feel something, I remember when I used to feel something. I'm 
You feel that, yeah? You feel that way? You felt that way as a kid? Yeah? I was quite an angry teenager. Well, no, I was a very, very angry teenager. Mm. Well, you, you're, you're now, you've, you've settled now, and as you say, you like that track because it, you can sink the brakes in it, or the, 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 the breakdowns in it. To the dignified district line, yes. <laughs> when I'm on my way back from Kew Gardens. Exactly. So, you know, it, it goes to show that the... the so how do, you, how do you feel about the young person's music now, in case you, well, you quite enjoyed that, didn't right, you? It was quite good. It, it had a good beat. Uh, it had a nice um, bass sound. When, um, I, when I was 19, I, I, mm. I wrote down... I, you know, I, I kept a, a loose diary at the time I used. I wrote it, wrote in it once every three weeks. But I, did, I do remember a, a drunken entry, which I came across recently where I felt sorry for previous generations for not being around and a teenager when I was a teenager and all the awesome music that I had, you know, where my parents, their brains would have been blown if they'd had access to Carter and Ned's Atomic Dustin. I was just about to <laughs> yeah. mention Carter. Because that, that, I mean, that would be the big band for me when I was 18, 19, and that was, well, 17, that was a, I bought an album off the strength of a review in The Enemy and I hadn't heard them before and I took it home and I loved it. And yeah, so that was, that's the one that I mean. I also had a very early sort of seven-year-old jam session with the jam. But between then, I bought a lot of pop, and I bought a lot of I, my my teenage buying years were all def, all defined against my mates being metal fans and me not wanting to be a metal fan. So trying to find my own stuff in, in the school didn't have indie. But I don't really want to talk about me because I'm the presenter and I don't have to. Um, but I can talk about something um, that was around when I was a youth. I'm going to play something now. And, Hazel, you will probably not know what this is. In fact, you may not have been, been born. Actually, you may have been born to the sounds of this. But um, Anna and Katie may recognise this. I'm intrigued. It's a test. But you may not, because actually, it surprised me when I heard it. Could be art noise. It's it's not actually a band. It's actually a theme tune to something. It does sound incredibly familiar, but I can't place it. This was a theme tune to Network Seven. No. No. I lost. Sorry, Pete. You you never watched Network Seven? No. 
You're not Channel 4's youth TV show? No. Two hours Sunday lunchtime? I was a BBC child, Pete. Oh, you weren't allowed to watch Channel 4, are you? Oh, no, no, I was allowed to watch Channel 4, but I thought it was, oh, I thought it was boring uh, programmes for grown-ups. Well, this was aimed at you. Well, maybe slightly younger than you, uh, slightly older than you. This was, this was the key bit of youth TV, Network 7. And um, from my youth, it was, yeah, I may move on from this, since I'm getting lots of blank looks. Um, I think no. I'm so loving saying this. I think I'm too young for this <laughs> one. Good, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Pete, yes. you're showing your age. <laughs> Network, 7, Network 7 started in 1987, so yeah, I can see why you might be a bit younger. Yeah, I was eight then. It I was, was ten. A, it was a two-hour Sunday lunchtime. I was lunchtime. probably born. Yeah. <laughs> a two-hour Sunday lunchtime show um, presented by various Tracy McLeod, Magenta Divine, uh, Santa Gua, um... A lot of people who then moved on to doing stuff on Def Two. Uh, it was it was produced by uh, Janet Street Porter, and what and its remit was youth TV because we never had TV for that age range before. Very much youth. So it was Proto T Four. Yeah. Oh no. Well, no. It was because uh, T Four I think has taken the soft side of what Network Seven was and said, okay, we'll, we'll pedal the entertainment bit. But actually, Network Seven was. So it's grown up out of Network 7. Yeah, or it's come out... Well, not grown up, actually sort of grown back. What I think... I mean, I don't know. When you were younger, youth TV... I mean, even when we're going on to... So, Club X, no? Yeah? My name's Anna Fielding, and I'd do anything to be on the word. (laughs) Did you do that? I did not go on the hopefuls, but that was my era of youth TV. Yeah. So that used to... And and even the word did have vaguely serious things in it. Um, And then, you know, BBC Two had Def 2 and so on. And then suddenly youth TV did seem to move to the T4 era, where it was about Hollyoaks and... Um, as if. As if, yeah. But not much in the way of documentaries or anything like that. I mean, the only thing that would have that now would be BBC Three, I guess. I don't know. I think that's more actually a real- reality TV move. I mm. think pre-reality TV, when I was watching, like, youth TV, um, there were more documentary-style things. They weren't... Um, sort of, well, basically before they could put whatever that thing where they put people in bikinis on islands. Uh, Celebrity Love Islands. No, 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 no. no. Normal people in bikinis. Well, normal. Uh, people away, in bi- but they weren't in bikinis. No, it's like survival or something. Survivor. And some of them are sharks Survivor. and some of them are oh, something yeah, yeah, yeah. else. Jets or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but before they ha- had all that to put on T4, I think they did have kind of light-hearted documentaries. They yeah. weren't well, see, amazing, but they were... I mean, Network 7 was between 12 and 2 on a Sunday, and it would have... Um, I mean, this this particular edition, I, I taped the... Uh, uh, recording digitally, the, to use the right term, uh, the intro from, had an interview with Bross. Um, it had Jason Connery telling us about um, the time he walked in on someone committing suicide at public school. Uh, it had um, 15 fat people put on an island for a week... Um, very, very reality TV, but not played for reality TV. Were there no stuff. bikinis? Um, an article about forced marriage, um, an article about adoption, where they were going to introduce the, the adopted parent or the, the, the birth parents to a child live on the show. Um, it, it was a, a real mismatch, and my 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 idea here really was to hope to draw you towards the idea that actually UTV is now actually TV, um, in as much as. The big breakthroughs in Network 7 was it was very fast-paced. Um, it had lots of subtitles explaining the stuff on, that was on the screen there, which, of course, all Rolling News has now. So, um, but unfortunately, this kind of failed because none of you remember Network 7. So um, I, I will leave this to an article on Freaky Trigger in the Week because it it, going back to it was really interesting to see what youth TV was 
when it was defined, and then suddenly, and then of course the youth movement, the, the BBC youth movement now is, which is was switch, has just been yes, switched off. Yes, it has. Yeah, um, it's not looking bright, really. No. with the switch off. No, in the way the switch switch off. Yeah, it's it's not. And uh, do you feel that that audience needs to be served in a particular way, or that they perhaps doing it is patronising? To an extent, um, you have to be careful how you do the tone of voice, and I don't think anyone wants a kind of trendy dad thing of trying to be down with the kids, um, although I do keep saying awful things like totes. Um, totes, amaze, ridic, um, which makes me sound like a prat. Um, <laughs> That's but, more people kind of, well, I hesitate to say our age because there's quite a range of ages here, but it's more the older people who would say words like that. Mm, like, it's an they are kind thing, of really, 90s. Um, word. Uh, but at the same time, I've forgotten what I'm saying now. I've got sidetracked by stupid slang. Um, yeah, and people patronising dads. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, youth writing and broadcasting for younger people. I think the real issue is that very few people start at the beginning. Yeah. Um, so you pick up your average newspaper and no one ever tells you what a hung parliament is. Right. No one ever tells you... Um, how the war in Afghanistan started. They just assume you have a certain amount of prior knowledge and go with it. What I think is really useful for a younger age group is actually explaining things from the beginning without being patronising. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think the, the difficulty is, of course, that UTV and when it came around, it also thought, hey, let's put a bit of music around it as well and make it make the camera whiz around and, you know, it, they've only got, people have only got an attention span of five seconds and so on, so that, that becomes... The shorthand, when actually all it is is actually we just want the information told to us clearly so that we can catch up with where everything else is. I think I think there's room for both, really. I mean, it's it's in the same way. A lot's happened with a lot of media. If you look at uh, the day to day, which was supposed to be a satire, it actually does look like news programs now. So I think Janet Street Porters had quite an influence on modern day broadcasting when you look at it. I mean, even Newsnight uses music beds now. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and you know, it, it just moves the flow forward and makes it all feel like the same part of the same thing. I mean, do you, do you ever watch any documentaries on BBC Three? I haven't had a television for ten years. <laughs> is, uh, is Don't Tell the Bride on BBC Three? Uh, probably. Does that count as a documentary? Possibly. Oh, is Snog Marry Avoid a documentary? Oh, I love Snog Marry Avoid. I, I love Snog oh. Marry Avoid. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've, uh, I think we've found the thing. <laughs> <laughs> we have found the, 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 the central linkage there. Um, yeah, no, it's not Marry Avoid. That's that's the one where is it? Is that's the one where you get basically orange people with huge blonde hair and a um, give them a, a, wash. a, a computer. Yes, washes all the makeup off and then puts them in a, a, a sensible wig and a nice pair of sensible shoes and a sensible dress and, and, uh, and tells them they look much better. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. I always I always think the computer in Snog Marry Avoid, which I've, I've only seen once, maybe the, the child of the computer from Star Test. Uh, yes, absolutely. Pod, yeah, Absol- pod is it called? Blinking lootly. Pod, um, and uh, yeah, going back to, I mean, started again a, again before your time, but uh, probably you've seen uh, parodies of it. It was just basically a computer that um, interviewed people. I, I'm quite bad at dating for television generally because I don't watch it and never yeah. really did. I mean, what you would do basically, you go, um, you'd pick a category. So let's say uh, love and laughter. And then you pick a pick a number, four, and then the, the oh, so it would be it, like one of those things that you can make out of paper, and it Snapchat will tell you be like a, bit, a bit like that. Yeah. But it was a, a computer, um, a, yeah, it really was a computer. And they would ask a question such as Anna, um, what kind of question would they ask? Um, 
What's your favourite colour? It's yeah. been, it's been on as well. Tell me a time when you last felt scared. But it was futuristic <laughs> because um, the buttons were on screen and they'd have to come up and press it on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, they were pressing the yeah. camera. Yeah, so was, that was that was futuristic, and, and and also the idea was that it was an interview which didn't have an interviewer, so they were on their own in the room. So it was diary room confessional, as we would look at it now. Um, it felt very modern at the time. <laughs> yeah, a lot, of, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of things did. I mean, uh, retrospectively, I I look at uh, things like the futuristic zone in um, uh, the, the, the crystal, crystal maze, maze yeah. and I'm like, it's not purple though yet, is it? Yes. It's not. It's we haven't gone purple and green yet. No. Yet. Yet. Um, something that didn't feel uh, that futuristic at the time is probably this, which is your track, uh, Katie, picked because the band's name has the word youth in the title, I believe. It is because the band has uh, youth uh, in its name, but um, this was one of this was a big song uh, from my very early youth. Um, I remember hearing this. I remember loving it. Um, I remember me and my brother making our own hilarious version um, because the the track is past the Dutchie by Musical Youth. Oh, I thought it was Sonic Youth. No, no. This generation. No. <laughs> oh, you said it was Sonic Youth. Sorry. Oh, well, never mind. I know I said I was indie. Give me the music, make me jump, pam, pam. It's a good one. Give me the 
So how old are you, Katie, when that came out? Um, well, if it was, we were discussing when, when it came out. We thought about 85. Yeah, I was about 85. Might be 84. Yeah, I was uh, seven or eight in that case. And did you know what it was about? No. What did you think it was about? Passing a potty on the left-hand side. And potty has the word pot in it. Well, well deep down, you knew. Deep down, I suppose. <laughs> you know, it must have. Uh, but was there a hoo-ha about it at the time? Not at the time, straight away. It was. Um, it's a slow burner. I don't yeah. even realise. I remember actually singing it in a music class when I was about eleven or twelve. Mm. Um, so it was still considered acceptable to be put in books of music, to be sheet music, to be distributed to school children. Mm. So I don't think anyone really got it. I think the shaman might have taken that hidden drugs reference a bit too far and people started to cotton on. Well, I do, I do, and I don't think it's ever been, you know, it's never not been played by Radio 1 or anything like that. I mean, it's, it's almost it's so obliquely cheeky that, um, and of course these days, you know, the Pastor Dutch by Missy Elliott clearly got played. And so, um, hey ho, I mean, that's, it's, I mean, drugs are an intimate part of youth, though. Um, Apparently. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to ask you about your, your personal drug intake. That's a matter between you and your conscience and your body. Um, <laughs> but, of course, I, I mean, that's, that's, what, that's one thing that um, uh, kids want to know a lot about at that age. And, and do, they, do you have information on the website? We have website? loads of information about drugs. It's, um, uh, that's one of the reasons I got the job, because having been a music journalist, mm. it leads to you writing quite a lot about <laughs> drugs, believe it or not. Yeah. I don't know, I've always taken the policy, um, personally and places I've worked, that uh, people are going to take drugs. So there's no point sort of sitting there and saying, oh, drugs are bad. Mm. You have to say, well, yeah, actually, drugs are quite fun, um, but this is what can go wrong, yeah. um, and you have enough intelligence to make your own mind up. It's a question of letting people know what's safe and of damage limitation information is the key thing i mean that's something yeah. again in, in in my job I'm, I'm well aware that students at university who have more disposable income than you might imagine sometimes or, or loan checks um are going to spend it on 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 alcohol and um drugs and lots of other things and unless they know what's going to happen that's the, the main thing is, is if someone is suddenly feeling really weird five hours into a trip or whatever you want you want them to be prepared for it rather than not. But um, it's a, it, I mean, do you think the youth of today are tamer than they were when you were younger? This is something I find quite interesting because I think um, because I lived in quite a small village, it was just outside Reading, which has some severe drug problems. Um, but um, where I lived, it was relatively hard to get hold of drugs. And although I knew people who did them, it wasn't completely present. Although I would see hypodermic needles lying around it, it wasn't something where I knew if I walked into a particular place I'd be offered drugs or something. Um, and um, likewise, I, I went to university in Aberystwyth, which is the middle of nowhere, Wales, and I'm sure there were locals who could get hold of drugs, but there were barely any students taking them. Um, because they were just unbelievably hard to get hold of. Mm. And it's so I think I probably have an experience of a, a previous era in a lot of senses to do with this in comparison to people who live in um, the centre of big conurbations or, or people like uh, students at the institutions that Pete and Katie work at, um, which are in London. Um, and, and have a, a, a large number of relatively affluent students as well. Yes, yeah. Um, um, and, and are in relatively affluent areas. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, uh, do you? I mean, would you like to be young now? 
Not oh. now. Oh, sorry, yeah. Katie. Go well, on. I don't know. If, if I had the knowledge I had now, then... then <laughs> no, um, you can't have that. Oh, damn. Well, I don't know. I mean, I had a very happy youth, um, you know, pretty much all the way through it. And I, and, and I think that, you know... I, I I don't know. Today's youth to me actually seem a lot rowdier than they than they were when I was was younger. Mainly because I was from a I don't know very very nice middle class family in a very nice middle class area and didn't really you know do that kind of thing. Obviously, when I went to university, um, I hit the booze quite hard. But I, I was kind of raised to be very you know wary of things like drugs and you know I. I experimented. I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change your upbringing. But I mean, do you, do you feel it's harder for someone who's younger I now? I think than it, it was is harder. I, I think it really is. And you know, going back to what you were saying earlier, you know, with, with the cool parents, um, I think in a way, people always say it, and it sounds awful, but but kids do need boundaries because that's how they're going to kind of you know structure their lives if it's always said that if if kids grow up without boundaries then you know they don't really have any sense of of where to stop and sometimes you know if they've got common sense or you know if they get sick of it then they will but um not that i'm saying that that cool cool parents today are, are incapable of setting boundaries but i do you know, recently I lived in Stoke Newington, and and the parents there, the you know the the ones in the the middle class, um, they'll all get run over. They, they haven't given the boundary of the road. They all get run over. Well, they, well, they just haven't given them the boundaries of of making them stay in their pushchair when they're in the supermarket. So <sighs> I'm looking at these kids thinking they're going to get lost. You know, they're going to disappear under a ton of milk or something. But you've got to bear, bear in mind that Mick Jones got lost in the supermarket. I mean, it's, it's been happening years and years and years ago. I mean, Anna, would you would you like to be young now? Not really, no, um, for a couple of reasons. One, um, I don't think it's getting much harder to pay for education. Yes. Uh, there aren't any jobs anymore. Those are two very factual, depressing reasons. Certainly leaving university with a debt of about 40,000, 40 to £45,000 in the next few years is going to be quite frightening. My academic year was the last one to go through without tuition fees. Yeah. I actually got a grant because my parents divorced. And in the first year, I had, it was queues around the block. Mm. Uh, third year, just walked in, handed a bit of paper over because all the years behind me weren't getting anything like that. Yeah. Um, I also think the other problem that they have, though, is that it's become almost fashionable to demonise youth, which yeah. is really unfair. There's, um, if you excuse me for straying into <laughs> an anecdote, um, I think you see a bunch of teenagers wearing hoods and you're supposed to go like, oh no, Daily Mail fear, ah! Mm. Um, I was cycling through Mile End Park last winter and I hit a flower bed, a flower bed border at mm. the wrong angle went flying over the handlebars landed face down in a load of mud if i'd actually landed on the concrete i'd have broken my nose as it was i had a nosebleed i was top to toe i looked like i'd crawled out of a trench in the first world war and i saw this gang of hooded boys ambling over towards me and i thought if they laugh at me <laughs> i'm just gonna cry <laughs> there's nothing i can do about it and one of them looks down it's like proper east end boy 
oh, lady, that was a well bad fall. You all right? <laughs> and they were so sweet, and they stood in this little nervous semicircle around me and ascertained that I was only going to my friend's house in Poplar and it wasn't far, and yes, I was okay, and I hadn't broken anything. And then the killer thing, which made me love them, as they were walking away, one of them turned round and went, yeah, so, like, stay safe, lady, yeah, but, like, you know, proper safe, not safe safe. <laughs> Aww. No, see, you know, in the end, they're just people like you and me. We were all young once. And I don't, you know, I don't think people change. I would love to be young now, in as much as I'd love to be young again. But, um... Well, I'd always you know. be, you know, we'd love to be young and have responsibility, you know, no responsibilities in terms Obviously, of... Obviously, that's the thing, they don't have no responsibilities. I don't think they, they, mm. they all have well, responsibilities. Well, no, that's it. I think you know, they're a lot more conservative yeah. than they used to be, actually, because they they're sort of being... They have this awareness of being saddled with all this debt, whether they're at university or pre-university or... Um, I think it, it turns people into being... They're very driven. Mm. I admire them for that. It's a bit scary, but... Um, <laughs> yeah. God, they're and catching I, up. I mean, I see... I, I, you know, I, I, I work with students every day, and, you know, and I don't think they've changed as much as... Of course, the people who say they've changed are the students themselves. They go, oh, these days, the new ones, are not, they're not like what we were. You know, they're not like... Uh, they're, they're not as political as us. They're exactly the same. They're exactly the same in some ways, because there's, there's a large enough group of them that you can always find them. There are a lot of them very driven, a lot of them are still wasters a lot of them can do that i worry massively about what the debt's going to do to them but i don't think it's going to stop them going that's the sad thing in some ways because i think you know in some ways it probably would have given me a bit of a pause but would i probably would have gone i may have made more of a choice about what i did um and yeah i mean having that kind of i mean you've got how much debt have you got hazel if you don't mind me asking um i actually haven't checked it but i know um what i officially borrowed and i graduated two years ago um, but it starts garnering interest mm. as soon as you take your first loan. I officially borrowed something in the region of like thirteen, fourteen thousand. Yeah, might have been fifteen. I know it's already over eighteen. Yeah. Um, there was a point in two thousand and eight where it was gaining sixty or seventy pounds a month, even though technically because of the interest rate it's tied to it should have been going down nobody really uh, real told terms, us of course, but yeah no because you know what they, they, they these don't do were that, yeah. no, nobody actually a big uh, particularly because the previous generation a lot of people going to university had had parents who'd gone to university and everyone assumed that this was although it was a loan it was like a grant and mm. i don't think anyone I, I think that's partly why people aren't as scandalised as they maybe should be by the idea of 9,000 tuition fees, because they don't realise how damaging these once, loans are. Once you've broken the seal, once it's a £1,000, once it's £3,000, it's just how much is it going to be. Yeah. And on that sad note, I think I'm going to uh, wrap up for tonight, um, and uh, we will go and raise a glass to the youth today. Um, thank you very much, Hazel Robinson. Thanks. Uh, Hannah Fielding. Thank you. Katie Grocott. Thanks, Pete. And I'm going to play about a minute of... Um, a song that meant a lot to me when I was young, Debbie Gibson's Electric Youth. <laughs>